welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. We are back today, continuing our discussion on beautiful creatures by Kimmy Garcia and Margaret Stoll. You almost said Stephanie Meyer. I know. I was was thinking it. I was just trying to remember which last name went with who. Uh, what happened last time? Why do you throw things on me? They're at the library with Marion. The librarian. And um, they have a flashback scene with the locket in Ethan's pocket. And <laughs> something that comes up is the door that magically unlocks itself. Ooh, to Mr. White's office. <laughs> <Sexy> study. <laughs> if you listened last time, you know what's in there. If you don't, for some reason, and you've wandered upon this after really liking beautiful creatures, we're sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, so we're starting back. It is October 31st. Halloween. Halloween. Gotta say it like that, too. Halloween. So, the Custer Library was only open on bank holidays. Ethan noticed what could have been hope in Lena's eyes. Like, maybe there was a way to prevent the inevitable. Marion gave the two of them Genevieve and Ethan's letters. Neither Lena nor Ethan knew what to look for in them, just that the letters were the only clue they had. After two weeks, I spent more time with Lena on the locket papers than I would have thought possible. The more we read through the papers, the more it's... <laughs> I was wondering that. I'm just used to it by now. I have to capitalize every other word. needs to be capitalized. It's mortal. It's gotta be. The more we read through the papers, the more it seemed like we were reading about ourselves. At night, we stayed up late trying to solve the mystery of Ethan and Genevieve, a mortal and a caster, desperate to find a way to be together against impossible odds. At school, we faced some steep odds ourselves. Just getting through another eight hours at Jackson, and it was only getting harder. Every day, there was another scheme to drive Lena away, or us apart. When Halloween came around, Ethan didn't know what to expect. Lena picked him up for school that morning when he jokingly asked why she wasn't dressed for the holiday. Because, you know, she's like a caster. Yeah. She's like a witch. Like yeah. a real-life witch. Like a real life. He's like, hmm, this will be interesting. Lena laughs, explaining that casters did what they normally do whenever it was a caster holiday. Halloween is the most important of the high holidays. It's essentially their New Year's Eve, but more dangerous. Ooh intrigue. The night when the veil between the world we know and the spirit world is the thinnest. They also remembered the casters who were killed in the witch trials. They mentioned the Salem witch trials, which I thought was a fun little tidbit. But those <laughs> it makes the, sense. Yeah, but those weren't the only witch trials and you know, mm-hmm. make sure that mm-hmm. Ethan knows that. And mm-hmm. she said throughout the east, uh, eastern seaboard in mm-hmm. Europe, but pretty sure there were other places that had witch trials too. Well, yeah. They're 15 and 16. What do they know? Yeah. yeah. As they drive to school, Ethan finally spoke up about Boo, you know, the dog, running behind the car. Lena told him that Boo would never get into the car. Ethan takes her word for it. I sure wouldn't have, and let me tell you why. Lena's a liar. She's a horrible, horrible pet owner. But like he said, I knew she was bright, but I turned back to look at him, and I could have sworn he nodded. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of things in this chapter about Boo the dog where you're just like, hmm is going on yeah and i i still don't know (laughs) i don't know either i mean i I remember we talked a little bit about like our different ideas and how at first we thought it might be making but then we think it's like a part of him his um what's it called from harry potter i feel like it's another family member 
You think it, Sam? It's what Lena's it's dad. dad. It's what like Salem the cat from uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, except it's Lena's dad. That'd be, great. That'd be so cute. But it has Macon's eyes, right? Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> anyway. Probably some. We've seen that family tree. It does not make any sense. <laughs> That would make it make more They sense. always talk about how, like, the family trees in the South are just really weird and not completely true. And I'm like, yeah, because they don't, like, show all of the incest, I guess. I don't know. When they arrived at school, Ethan spotted Link dressed up as a wildcat cheerleader. Peyton oh, asked cats. me if I thought of High School Musical 2 when I read this. No, because I don't think I was paying attention when I was reading it. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking of. I was thinking of high school music. What are their school colors? Because I was not thinking it was right blue. Away. Yeah, I was thinking. So I was thinking of like Kentucky. Yeah. Because they're the Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, so no, I didn't get my head in the game, I guess. <laughs> if I thought of it surely you did which is amazing I guess I mean you I read your note and I was like huh and then I looked back up and saw Wildcat and I was like no I did not think of that at all shockingly my whole brain goes to high school musical (laughs) but I guess not this time so apparently the basketball team decided to dress up like cheerleaders for Halloween Ethan did not participate he knew Earl would jump him for this he'd been waiting for a reason since Ethan became the center of the team and I also want to point out jump him as in fight him not jump him as in jump his bones okay i wrote that out and didn't think of it yeah yeah earl's not happy about ethan becoming the starting center is that what we decided was the term mm-hmm. of the team we and don't know basketball yes I've that s- is a starting position <laughs> i just know one tree hill in high school musical troy bolton and nathan scott that's all i know uh, since ethan became the starting center and started hanging out with lena lena did said she didn't know if any of the caster magic had helped helped what so i didn't He's become really, really good at basketball since Mm -hmm. they started hanging out together. And he's like, "Is are you doing this?" And she's like, "No, I'm not. No, boo boo. That's all you. That's my man." It's also that, but like that, if any magic is involved at all, like yeah, Yeah, he's like, "These weird things have started happening since you came into town. Do you have to do with this too?" I understand, Ethan. I understand. Oh, also, I didn't talk about you know the fact that all the basketball players are in drag at this small town southern school and how I personally don't think that would fly. No. But then again, I could see how it would because it's like the basketball team, you know. Yeah. It's supposed special to be, treatment. It's supposed to be funny and this book was written years earlier than like that was a hot topic. It's <laughs> like back in the day of, I mean, and I'm not saying this was good or anything, but back in the day of man dressed up as a woman was supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what they were going for. I'm not going to get into the how that's funny, but then men actually being feminine is looked down upon. I'm not going to get into that. I think it's ridiculous. But So they walked up to Link, who was upset at Ethan's lack of makeup and leg exposure. <laughs> you think Link shaved his legs for this? He definitely did. <laughs> no, he waxed them. Link is the kind of person to do that. Yes, he will go full in on this role. <laughs> and he doesn't have a friend who's a girl, so no one could help him. That's why we need Ridley <laughs> later yeah. on, y'all. Lena told Link that she liked the look. I, I love Link and Lena's banter. I got to say that. When they got into school, Ethan got into a fight with another basketball player who was talking trash about him and Lena. Then all the cheerleaders walked in dressed up as Lena with witch accessories. So the brooms and all black. Pointy witches hats. Yeah. They're wearing a black crescent moon on their cheek. Like, mm-hmm. like her um, birthmark. Yeah, they've got her birthmark on. 
Ethan and Emily started bickering back and forth. Link stepped in and called them bitches. Witches. Bitches. <laughs> Link. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> they bickered some more, and then Lena made up an excuse to not go with them to English class. While the girls tried to get the black crescent moons off their faces, they realized it was not coming off. They panicked, looking for the makeup they used, only to find a permanent marker. Can they not remove Sharpie? I know it's hard. Dish soap. Dish soap removes everything. It's on their skin, so like that's it's going to bleed into their skin anyway, so it's going to be difficult to remove. They were like, oh, we have the party tonight. We can't look like this. We're supposed to be the Greek goddess Aphrodite. The girls were distraught because they had a huge party tonight, all while Lena stood back smiling. Ethan asked how she could do that if she couldn't control her powers. She told him she just got lucky. Lena, you messing with Ethan. Yeah. You know how a little bit. She's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> is Ethan into this? Her using her powers like this, you think? Yeah. Is he like, damn, that's hot? Yeah. Probably. Oh, yeah, he is. Although you got I a witchy would... girlfriend, probably. <laughs> Although I would be like, um, isn't this dark? Like, you're creating chaos. I know they're yeah. terrible human beings. But part of him but... is still like, that's hot. Mm. Like, <laughs> Well, he doesn't say that. He just. Well, no. No. Ethan would never. <laughs> no, he's thinking about basketball plays. <laughs> He's thinking about basketball <laughs> After school, Ethan walked Lena to her car just as an excuse to hold her hand a little while longer. He asked her what she was doing tonight in hopes of getting her to his house to watch old movies while Alma was away. Aww. She told him that tonight was a dangerous night and a high holiday for her, so she would be expected at Ravenwood. You went all, and all I can think of is he's trying to neck her. <laughs> Aw, young Aww. love. Young love. Me talking about how high schoolers shouldn't date. Aw, young love. <laughs> Only whenever it's annoying. All right. Isn't that all the time? I got a, I got a, I got a problem. You threw your script, so it must be a long problem. It's a problem. It's okay. So this next scene, I think you should read it first before you go into why you hate it. I'm going to explain it, <laughs> and then I'm going to hate it because. I don't even. I don't even explain. Why don't you read it so that you can explain? That's what I'm saying. Read it. Why do y'all keep interrupting me? So what happens is Ethan comes home and he finds Alma cooking biscuits and chicken, like making biscuit batter. (laughs) He uh, is doing this by hand, which any self-respecting woman would do is make her biscuit batter by hand, (laughs) and then Ethan comes along and he's like well i wonder if this is for us or for the greats and he goes to pinch some batter <laughs> off and eats it <laughs> like who does that do does anyone say biscuit batter no i'm gonna google it i'm gonna just google biscuit Cause batter because when, when it's a batter it's loose yeah a dough if you were if you can hold it by hand it is a dough I just imagine that's not a southern thing. Them that's just picking up batter. Yeah, like slime. <laughs> I was talking about oobleck and how it's like a liquid whenever you pick it up, but whenever you just touch it, it's it hardens. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't understand. Like, that's not a southern thing. That's a everywhere thing. Like yeah. you're, batter. you're not gonna call a biscuit. It's a flour-based, baked, and shaped food product. Most countries' biscuits are typically hard, flat, and unleavened. Someone asked, is biscuit batter supposed to be sticky? And the response is, biscuit dough is moist and sticky. Because <laughs> it's a dough. Yeah. Like, anything you make that's thick like that is going to be a dough. You don't call mm-hmm. it cookie batter. You call it cookie dough. Like a cookie batter. 
Huh? That sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I could just drink it. But who, okay, also, I could see you doing that. But not only that, and I don't know I keep getting stuck on food, but it's just like so freaking weird in this book. No one eats raw biscuit dough. No, if it was cookies, like she said, yeah, they'd do that, yeah, but... Like- it's raw tea cakes or something like those desserts. Are, that's, that's desserts. Normal. Desserts. <laughs> but biscuits are like salty. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely done it before, but I'm special. <laughs> so, <laughs> you enjoy your raw biscuit dough? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh no, there was this one time we got like the pre-buttered ones. Okay, yeah. From the store. That, yeah. And they were I not see people doing that. They weren't cooked all the way and they were so delicious i gotta say i'm not one of those you're disgusted i could see people doing that like the pre-made ones yeah pre-made ones that makes sense because they're also sweet yeah that's what i eat but like when you make them by hand they're salty biscuits aren't very liquidy things like they aren't very moist they're dry yeah dense um i think as far as putting the word batter that was probably a while writing thing you're like what's it called whenever batter we'll just go with batter like they didn't think of the word dough whenever they're writing but all the editors in all the world did no, not i mean see. that's just how many people actually point that out Me, also you. how many people at home make biscuits at this point <sighs> but i mean <laughs> even even laymen who don't know how to make biscuits or don't cook, they would be like, isn't that supposed to be dough? Well, also, whenever you're writing a character like Emma, who clearly like knows her way around a kitchen and you're mentioning these things she's supposed to be knowledgeable of incorrectly, I, I could see how you knowing your way around the kitchen would yeah. be irked by that. I personally don't care, but Wait, I think it's funny. Does Alma call it better or does Ethan call it that? I think it it's in his like in her thoughts. Uh, it wouldn't matter because you'd call it no. I know, but I'm like, if she knows what she's doing, she wouldn't have called it that. But I'm like, Ethan, she does say some <laughs> though throughout that. I, yeah, we know is not correctly used. But I don't even think that's a southern thing. That's the problem. I think it's a general. You're gonna say dough when you're talking about bread. Yeah, items. I think it was just like a in the moment thing, and then no one caught it because it's not a big deal. Except to me. <laughs> Except to us, yes. Okay, she's holding that- she's holding her script again because I feel things. <laughs> anyway, so Alma leaves after she makes this chicken and biscuit thing. <laughs> um, it's like just a weird chicken and biscuit thing. What's a biscuit batter? Oh yeah, what's a biscuit batter? I don't think it's that deep. Are you gonna do the tenders? It's just—it's just not deep. Oh, I'm it's gonna say deep. you know it's all bone in the south. Well, I'm saying like <laughs> if it's chicken and biscuit, you gonna do the tenders. You don't need a bone on your biscuit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Ethan, <laughs> Ethan's sitting at home watching The Shining on Halloween, and he hears a knock at the door, and he's kind of creeped out by it. He doesn't realize what's going on or anything. He calls for Lena, he calls for Link, and nobody answers. And he looks outside, and he sees a figure holding a plate of brownies and a van outside. <laughs> and if it doesn't sound terrifying enough, person is revealed to be Link's mom. <laughs> He goes up to her, and she's trying to... He's not go up to her. No, he, like, goes up to the door. and he, Of his house. Of his house, where she's at. And he's trying to unbolt the door, 
badass he's doing it, it keeps locking itself. Mm-hmm. Some weird things happening in this house. Yeah, and he's like, I remember back when like it happened with my dad's mm-hmm. study unlocking itself. He's like, what is going on? Ethan, you're a smart boy. But also Figure really dumb. And so she's trying to come in. She's like, we need to talk about this. You're meant to be here. Blah, 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 blah. When the door does unbolt, he's like, something's like really, really wrong. So he's like, no, ma'am, you can't come in. And she tries to shove her way through. And the brownies like shatter. She's being very persistent right now in a way that like he doesn't really expect. Because he's known Miss Lincoln, Mrs. Lincoln. Like, all his life. So, it's kind of weird to him how persistent she's being. I picture the scene in the movie, mainly. Yeah, I do, too. Like, this little one part I remember, which is very, like, ominous. And, like, you know, you're like, Mrs. Lincoln, what is going on with you? Yeah. So, the brownies shatter, and she just kind of, like, slowly slinks back to her van and disappears, like. Mm -hmm. And Ethan's just left going, what is going on? Mm -hmm. So back to my script. Ethan awoke in the middle of the night to Lena screaming from screaming for him to help her. Something was wrong. Lena was in pain. She took he took the Volvo out again and got to Ravenwood as fast as he could. He arrived to find the interior looking more like a castle now. He walked into a grand party holding no one he recognized. He called for Lena and Macon, but he couldn't see them. Boo appeared at the top of the stairs and Ethan asked him where Lena was. For a minute, he saw Boo's eyes flash the same color as Macon's. Boo started running and Ethan followed. What he found was the family surrounding Lena on some sort of slab while chanting something in Latin about blood. He couldn't hear Lena anymore. So her thoughts disappeared. This is the part where it mentions Boo's eyes being the same color as Macon's. And so I feel like he is an extension of Macon in some way. Yeah. We just don't know what yet, and I don't know if we figure out. We never book. remember. <laughs> yeah, it's, it says, I saw the clouded, steely gray eyes of Macon Ravenwood. Yeah. I think there's just so many discoveries Ethan is making that he does not... He's a, he, he it just, he's it like, we'll come back to that one. <laughs> it's like it, he sees it in front of his eyes, and then he just completely dismisses it. I mean, and right here, right now, he is more concerned about Lena than about the dog having the same eyes as this man he knows. So I can see how he kind of ignores that one. The thing with Link's mom, I'm like, man, that that's weird. You you need to ask Link about that one. Like, <laughs> Del broke the silence. Hysterical. Macon, do something. It's not working. I'm trying, Delphine. There was something in his voice I'd never heard before. Fear. I don't understand. We bound this place together. This house is the one place she was supposed to be safe. And Del looked at Macon for answers. We were wrong. There's no safe haven for her here. A beautiful woman about my grandmother's age with spirals of black hair spoke. She wore strands of beads around her neck, piled one on top of the other, and ornate silver rings on her thumbs. She had the same exotic quality Marion possessed, as if she was from somewhere far from here. You don't know that, Aunt Aurelia, Del snapped, turning to Reese. Reese, what's happening? Can you see anything? Reese's eyes were closed, tears streaming down her face. I can't see anything, Mama. Lena's body seized and she screamed. At least she opened her mouth and looked as if she was screaming, but she couldn't but she didn't make a sound. I couldn't take it. Do something, help her, I shouted. What are you doing here? Get out of here. It's not safe, Larkin warned. The family had noticed me for the first time. Concentrate, Macon shouted desperate. His voice rose over the others, louder and louder until he was shouting. 
Blood of my blood, protection is thine. The members of the circle tensed their arms as if to give the circle more strength, but it didn't work. Lena was still screaming, silent screams of terror. This was worse than the dreams. This was real, and if they weren't going to stop it, I would. I ran toward her, ducking under Reese and Larkin's arms. Ethan, no! As I entered the circle, I could hear it. A howl, sinister, haunting, like the voice of the wind itself. Or was it a voice? I couldn't be sure. Even though it was only a few feet to the table where she was lying, it felt like it was a million miles away. Something was trying to push me back. Something more powerful than anything I'd ever felt before. Even more powerful than when Ridley was freezing the life out of me. I pushed against it with everything I had in me. I'm coming, Lena. Hold on. I threw my body forward, reaching like I reached in the dreams. The black abyss in the sky began to spin. I closed my eyes and lunged forward. Our fingers touched, barely. I heard her voice. Ethan, I... The air inside the circle whipped around us violently, like a vortex, swirling up toward the sky, if you could call it a sky, into the blackness. There was a surge, like an explosion, slamming Uncle Macon, Aunt Dell, everyone onto their backs, onto the walls behind them. In the same moment, the spinning air within the broken circle was sucked up into the blackness above. I find it really funny that Ethan also calls them Uncle Macon. I know. <laughs> At one point, he said something about Aunt Dell, and I was like, she's not your, your aunt, aunt, but like, is that a Southern thing? I don't think so. Like, Japan. Yeah, I don't know anyone's aunts or uncles or other family members to call them that. Well... Yeah, it doesn't work that way. If it's like a family friend, you'll call them aunt or uncle, but not somebody else's. Like your significant others (laughs) (laughs) that you've been kind of seeing for like a week or two. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's cute, but I think it's weird too. Just like call them their name or... I don't call them anything. You you don't say anything at all. Then it was over. The castle dissolved into a regular attic, with a regular window swinging open under the eaves. Lena lay on the floor in a tangle of hair and limbs and unconsciousness, but she was breathing. Macon pulled himself up from the floor, staring at me, stunned. Then he walked over to the window and slammed it shut. Andell looked at me, tears still streaming down her face. <laughs> Sorry, cold flight. <laughs> when the tears come streaming down your face. If I hadn't seen it myself... I knelt at Lena's side. She couldn't move, couldn't speak, but she was alive. I could feel her, a tiny throb pulsing in her hand. I lay my head down next to her. It was all I could do not to collapse. Lena's family slowly contracted around us, a dark circle talking over my head. I told you, the boy has power. It's not possible. He's immortal. He's not one of us. How could a mortal break a sanguinous circle? How could a mortal ward off a mentum interficere so powerful that Ravenwood itself came all but unbound? I don't know, but there has to be an explanation. Del raised her hand above her head. En winco, continuo, caligo, incluido. She opened her eyes. The house is still bound, Bacon. I can feel it, but she got to Lena anyway. Of course she did. We can't stop her from coming for the child. Seraphine's powers are growing by the day. Reese can see her now when she looks in Lena's eyes. Del's voice was shaky. Striking us here on this night, she was just making a point. And what point would that be, Macon? That she can. I could feel a hand in my temple. It caressed me, moving across my forehead. I tried to listen, but the hand made me sleepy. I wanted to crawl home to my bed. Or that she can't, I looked up. Aurelia was rubbing my temples as if I were a little broken sparrow. Only I could tell she was feeling for me, for what was inside me. She was searching for something, rummaging around in my mind as if she was looking for a lost button or an old sock. She was foolish. She made a critical error. We've learned the only thing we really needed to know, Aurelia said. So you agree with Macon? The boy has power? Del sounded even more frantic now. 
We were right before Delphine. There must be another explanation. He's immortal, and we all know mortals can't possess power on their own, Macon snapped as if he was trying to convince himself as much as anyone. But I had begun to wonder if it wasn't true. He had said the same thing to Ama in the swamp, that I had some kind of power. It just didn't make sense even to me. I wasn't one of them, that much I knew. I wasn't a caster. Aurelia looked up at Macon. You can bind the house all you want, Macon, but I'm your mother, and I'm telling you that you can bring in every Duquesne, every Ravenwood, make the circle as wide as this godforsaken country if you want. I mean, county. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> Cast all the Winkula you can. It's not the house that protects her. It's the boy. I've never seen anything like it. No caster can come between them. So it would seem, Macon sounded angry, but he didn't challenge his mother. I was too tired to care. I didn't even lift my head. I could hear Aurelia whispering something in my ear. It sounded like she was speaking Latin again, but the words sounded different. Blood of my heart, protection is thine. Um, I got a few things. One, Reba has taken Latin, so that is why she pronounced things better than we would. <laughs> we were over here waving. We went! Whoa. <laughs> you missed that. We were like, couldn't have done that. Also, Megan's mother... How old is she? If he's ancient. Ancient-er. Ancient-er. <laughs> Who's the ancientest? <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that I'm pretty sure... I was very confused about that because I was, like, imagining Aurelia as, like, Afro-Caribbean kind of... <laughs> kind of gives that vibe. Like, yeah. That's how yeah. I kind of imagined her in my head. And it was like, I'm your mother, Macon, and Macon's the palest boy ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets it from his dad. He gets it from his dad. <laughs> The fact that Ethan, they were like, he's mortal. How can he get up in here? Curious. How can uh, this mortal boy do this shit? <laughs> like, that's not supposed to happen. Also, how did he get here? Yeah, how did he know? <laughs> how did he know? He just, like, shows up. Just, hey, guys. That's my girlfriend. She's dying right now, right? Okay. Now we are on November 1st. It says 11th, but it's the first. No, That's okay. yeah. I was very confused. It's literally the next day. <laughs> Sorry. Day of the Dead. November 1st, the writing on the wall. I just wanted y'all to think it was Veterans Day. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that puts in more than Day of the Dead. Like, <laughs> Okay. Ethan woke up on Lena's bedroom floor. Ethan's cell phone blared 16 moons again. 16 moons, 16 years, 16 times you dreamed my fears. 16 will try to bind the spheres. 16 screams, but no one hears. Oh, wow. I feel like that just happened, y'all. Hmm, interesting. Lena freaked out. She froke out, (laughs) rather. (laughs) Lena freaked out and told him to turn off the song. He explained how he thought the song was about her. No. Really? She stated she almost died and she's sick of everything being about her. (laughs) Are you, Lena? Because whenever it's not about you, you still bring it back to you. (laughs) That's a 15-year-old girl. They're like, stop talking about me. But what about me? (laughs) Ethan crawled onto the bed and pulled Lena into his lap, trying to comfort her. He told her that he could hear her screaming last night. Lena said, who knew Keltian would save my life? Ethan asked what the heck that was. She explained it was the way that they talked to each other mentally. She had done it before with Ridley. Ethan felt a little offended because she said she had never talked to someone mentally before. He's like, I thought this was our thing. Do you do this with all the boys that you don't uh, park with? Like, I mean, I would be kind of a little offended too considering she said she'd never done it before. Yeah, she <laughs> Did she was like I've never done this before? Exactly. And I'm like, well, I actually did it with my cousin, <laughs> but it's different. 
It is uh, different, though, because she. I can't wait for people to take it out of context. (laughs) (laughs) I did it with my cousin that part. (laughs) She explained that it had never happened with a mortal before, and of (laughs) course, that the Celtine had never happened with a mortal before, and according to Macon, it is extremely rare. She told him it was strange that a mortal could have the power to protect a caster. Ethan said, "Maybe you just have to fall for one." (laughs) I love this part, (laughs) though. Lena blushed, and suddenly writing appeared on the wall as a way of saying, you're not the only one falling. She told him she didn't mean to do that. Oh, poor Lena. Some people wear their feelings on their sleeves. Some it shows up as writing on the wall. (laughs) Literally. She asked him to tell her what happened last night. He told her, and she explained they were doing the circle of blood. It's just the circle of blood. It's just the circle circle of of blood. blood. And he, like, cringed at this, and she was like, blood, as in, I'm like, even if we do like slice our hands open and yah yah this, <laughs> shit, like we're we're casters. It's already weird, Ethan. Don't we? We literally have visions about people who look just like us from the past. She's it's like, already weird. She's like, Ethan, stop making it sound weird. <laughs> Don't endear me to you more by saying cut her hands open and yah yah this shit out. That was amazing thing. Okay. When did you fall in love with me again? <laughs> it happens every day. But even more so now. Where was I? I'm sorry. I got swept up in something. <laughs> we were at the circle of blood, okay. semicolon. That's where I started singing the circle of blood. And I said, y'all, y'all. They were trying to bind the house since it was the new year, but something went wrong. They realized they said a name, Seraphine. Hmm. Lena said she had never heard the name before. Then Ethan said she must be a dark caster. They all seemed, I don't know, scared. I've never heard <laughs> I've never heard your uncle talk like that before. Do you know what was happening? Was she really trying to kill you? Wait, pause. He's like, she must be a dark caster or something. They all seem like, I don't know, scared. I'm like, you've also heard her name before, Ethan. I don't know if you remember that, but Emma and Macon were whispering about her in the woods the other day. <laughs> He's got a very short-term memory when it doesn't He's involve like, Lena. That's an interesting name. She, that sounds like a dark caster name. Mm-hmm. They didn't say her name all the way. They just went Seraph. But still, wasn't he then like, they didn't say all of it. That's curious. She who shall not be named. No, like, he only cares about him and Lena not being able to be together, remember? Yep, yep. One track mine like a goldfish. <laughs> It's because he's a man. <laughs> Dang, don't be sexist on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think you'd be sexist towards men. I think you can. No, never. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> like so, how you can't be racist against white people. It just yeah. doesn't work that way. All right, where was I? <laughs> Sarah, I don't know. <laughs> Sarah, I've never heard your uncle talk like that before. Do you know what was happening? Was she trying to kill you? <laughs> No, Ethan, she doesn't know what's happening. Like, she was writhing on a stone slab surrounded by her family as they were chanting in Latin about blood of my blood. Like, and her mouth kept on opening, but nothing was coming out. Do you think she's okay? And she literally asked you what happened last night. Do you think that seraphine they were whispering about was trying to kill you? Lena replies, I don't know. I don't remember much except this voice. I don't remember much except this voice, like someone was talking to me from really far away, but I can't remember what they were saying. Lena worried about this woman trying to get her. She wondered if this meant she was going to go dark. Ethan told her she wasn't, otherwise the Seraphine character 
wouldn't have tried to hunt her down. Oh, I do like that part where he's like, would this Seraphine, whoever she is, be hunting you down if you were one of the bad guys? No, the good guys would be coming after you if you were a bad guy, Lena. Have you ever read a comic book? Come on! Yeah. He told her that she was going light, and then he kissed her. He kept kissing her, feeling the electricity. (laughs) It was like lightning striking. We were one thing. Ethan, even in my head, I could hear the urgency in her voice. I felt it too, like I couldn't get close enough to her. Her skin was (laughs) soft and hot. (laughs) Why is our mind in the gunner of these past few chapters? They're making out right now. This makes sense. Her skin was soft and hot. I could feel the pinpricks intensifying. Our lips were raw. We couldn't kiss each other any. (laughs) Do I need to read it? We couldn't kiss each other any harder. The bed started to shake and then lift. I could feel it swaying underneath us. I felt like my lungs were collapsing. My skin went cold. The lights in the room flashed on and off, and the room was spinning, or maybe growing dark. Only I couldn't tell, and I didn't know if it was me or if it was the light in the room. Wait, whenever the bed starts lifting and spinning, I was thinking, a magic carpet ride! Because that's what happens whenever you see a production of a lot, it, like, lifts and starts going. So I was like, a whole new world! I mean, that's probably And he's like, like, no more basketball plays! And the room... And the room was spinning or maybe growing dark, only I couldn't tell and I didn't know if it was me or if it was the light in the room. Ethan! The bed crashed to the floor. I heard the sound of splintering glass in the distance, as if a window had shattered. I heard Lena crying. Then the voice of a child. What's wrong, Lena, Bina? Why are you so sad? I felt a small warm hand in my chest. The warmth radiated out from the hand through my body and the room stopped spinning. And I could breathe again and I opened my eyes. Ryan. Ryan had a hand on Ethan's chest while Lena was crying. Lena assessed Ryan, saying that now they knew what Ly- Ryan was. A thaumaturge? A thaum... I can't... I gotta practice this. A thumb. Lena assessed Ryan, saying they now knew what Ryan was. A thaumaturge. Ethan asked if that was a fancy word for healer. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan asked if that was a fancy word for healer. Lena nodded, saying something like that. So they were just making out, and then the room started exploding, and little old, like, nine-year-old Ryan walks in. That's always how it happens. <laughs> of course. And then, what happens to Ethan that makes Ryan have to heal him? Dying. He had the air sucked out of him by Lena's kiss. The electricity is actually killing him. Oh, I didn't know that. Just I think I've read too consistent. many other things that were very similar. And while this might have been the first one that I read, it just didn't stick. Okay, so one of our last episodes, a few episodes ago, we talked about women in fiction and we got into the not like other girls thing and everything and how annoying it is and stuff that we wanted more of. So we're going to do men this time. And just, you know, the stereotypes we we find with men in fiction and, you know, what we're tired of, what we want to see more of, who stands out to us, who already exists in fiction. So, what are our thoughts? And keep in mind, we are winging this. We could not we, prepare. We this. are always winging. What are we saying? This started off <clears throat> broodiness as somebody asking about <laughs> wanting to read a book where the love interest is a guy with a dad bod. Yeah. And by dad bod, we mean like not super fit. No. You know. A little round in some areas. Got some padding. That's. I don't know why it's called a dad bod. Honestly, I don't really know why it's called a dad I mean, bod either. I understand, like, whenever, like, whenever a woman 
gives birth or whatever, like her body obviously changes, but also a man's does change because they are so busy taking care of a child where they don't have time for themselves yeah, to like, do other things. I feel like it, it, yeah, I was about to say that it, it like correlates So that's with- where like dad bod comes from. But yeah, I feel like in fiction, it's always like super chiseled yeah he's got these strong they're always compared to like greek gods yeah you cut no you could cut glass with the cheekbones or the jawline yeah yeah (sighs) yeah they got six-pack abs i don't understand because i read so many because i read so much romance where all the guys look like this and they're like he doesn't even have time to work out like i don't know how he has a six-pack and i'm like I don't either. That's really weird, you know? Like, he's so buff or whatever. Sometimes they're like, oh, he has a very physical job. That's how he has time. But sometimes they're like, without trying, he's like, blah, blah, blah. Perfect. And like, he could lift me up and everything. And I'm like, what? What about the scrawny men? What about... I'm I'm like totally okay with the chubby guys. overly buff guys. Like, I am not a... This, you know, I'm not a body type person Mm -mm. anyway. With that being said, yes, Henry Cavill is male perfection, but that's mm-hmm. that's hard to achieve. I yeah, mean, that's a, that's a lot of work. We are only mortals, so mm-hmm. that is <laughs> Henry Cavill is something else entirely. Yeah. And I mean, he works out like two hours a day or so, mm-hmm. has to. Yeah, there's like a two to three hours, like practically yeah. every day to keep that. Yeah. I don't want a dude that spends all his time in the gym. Yeah. I don't want someone pressuring me to go spend all my time at the gym or like being like, are you eating that whatever? Which you shouldn't do to anyone. (laughs) And I think it's interesting, especially like as girls or women reading and watching things, how we are like attracted to like this perfect male stereotype. Meanwhile, we all look different and women and we celebrate all looking different as women and like being different sizes and stuff and not being perfect and like the beauty standards however the male beauty standard we still like hold so high yeah and i just think that's so weird it is weird and like there are a lot of guys out there that like don't fit into that Mm -hmm. mold that i'm like yeah i like them and Mm -hmm. it's not like mainly like if they're funny Mm -hmm. or you know yeah it's usually like the fat guy is the funny guy and that is a stereotype they fall into those stereotypes and i know i was saying you can't be sexist towards men but i feel like with this particular conversation maybe you can (laughs) we led up to it there's a lack of Asian male representation in movies Y'all, and love. There's some. Yeah, I'm yeah. very <laughs> attracted to many different kinds Same. that I've seen <laughs> on movies and TV shows where I'm like, and they're not like this stereotype no. that I find so much in fiction and that, that is so idolized. If you go back and read even fan fiction, oh yeah, of like people, and it's like that's not what they look like. No, I don't know how long ago this was. But at one point, I did read a Criminal Minds fan fiction, mm-hmm. and Spencer Reed had six-pack abs. You were like, hell no, he, that ain't he sure true. Don't. No. I mean, <sighs> there could it could be the skinny guy abs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's which, true. that's the thing, but not how they were discussing like, fully, it. fully defined. Yeah, yeah. That's not how that works. And I don't know. It's, I feel bad, because, like, my boyfriend is, he doesn't see himself this way but he's on the skinnier side and because he's not got six-pack abs and he's got a bit of a tummy he's like oh my goodness i'm so fat blah 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 blah. i think you know as far as like body and everything with the standards or whatever like maybe it's just because we are 
women that like we think we have it so hard but like yeah. they got it hard too like hard too. i mean it's not talked about as much they like, suffer from body dysmorphia as much as we do and like eating disorders and stuff and just different things related to how they look and there needs to be more in fiction that have those insecurities or whatever and that's just going with looks do you have any like dad bod faves in the fictional realm i don't have any i, I thought really of one Nick Miller, Nick Miller from the streets of Chicago. Oh, yes, Nick Miller. I don't even think of him as, like, having the dad bod. I do. And I was thinking, like, of him and then um, not necessarily, like, the portrayal, but, like, as a character or whatever, Chandler Bing from Friends, Uh who, like, is not this perfect, like, good-looking guy. He's not even, like, super smooth and everything. He's really awkward. Everyone thinks he's gay whenever they meet him. He has a really weird sense of humor that everyone gets. He's not, like, the most attractive. He's got so many issues. But, like, out of all of the friends, I would be a Chandler fan. Like, I mean, uh, Criminal Minds. You know, Spencer Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reed. There are so many girls out there that love Spencer oh, yeah. Reed. And it's because... Me. Well, he's, like, the, the the hot nerdy guy, which yeah. is, like, a different form. That's like, usually you know, stereotyped as tall and lanky. So. Tall yeah. and lanky and very scrawny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about some, like, personality things in fiction that we are tired of? The f***ing alpha male. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, like, down with the patriarchy kind of person, but if you were a toxic person, and I don't mean, like, just my granddad was an alpha male, and mm-hmm. not in the bad way, but just, like, owns his shit. Yeah. Did what he had to do. Is it gonna let anybody run over him? But nowadays, there's this growing theme of, like, you have to be a total dick to everyone mm-hmm. in order to have the, the biggest swinging dick. That's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Like, the louder you bark, the smaller it is. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. You know, I read a lot of romance, which I've stated before, yeah. and the alpha male is, like, huge in the romance world. Like, yeah, it is. Because so many people, like, it's just fun to read. I keep on reading somewhere, like, the guy starts off, you know, a certain way, but then he, like, turns to this kind of alpha type character. Like, it's not always bad, but sometimes I'm like, where did that come from? Like, yeah. as soon as, like, they st- they get together or whatever, it becomes very possessive and alpha, and I'm just like, whoa, hold up. Uh, what about, like, broodiness? I kind of love it. I love the brood. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Raven, how do you feel about the brood? Because you mentioned it earlier. Well, I just find that as a stereotype between male characters. Yeah. It's used a lot. Um... It depends. A lot of the times that it's been used over the last years in books that I read, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I think if it's used in the correct way, which it's really hard to describe how what I consider the correct yeah. way. If it was used in a, in a different way than what it's been used as, especially, you know, like with Edward and like that, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be okay. But yeah. I feel like it is starting to be an overused stereotype. Yeah. I don't mind the brood if it contrasts with the lighter moments. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy that. Or even the, um. well, I love enemies to lovers, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, whenever the guy is super broody or whatever and just, like, kind of horrible, but then, like, it becomes such a contrast because he, he always falls first. It, he's always going to fall always first. first. Always. And like his actions and like you can just tell like he's so into whoever it is yeah. that it shows just like there's a different side to him. There's a more playful side. There's a gentler side. I, I really enjoy that. But I also want just like some fun loving ones, even with the enemies to lovers, one who just like, you know, plays pranks all the time, not for the sake of being like mean, but, but just... just- 
messing, fun, yeah, just like messing with her the whole time, teasing, yeah, a lot of teasing, or even like more sensitive guys in fiction. I think mm-hmm. would be fun. Or even cases where, like, the girl makes the first move and the guy's kind of hesitant about it. Mm -hmm. That's so much fun. Um, I wrote one story last year where I wanted to, like, switch the stereotype. So the girl was the one with the huge secret and whatever. I think I talked to y'all about it before. And uh, the guy was the one who was just sort of thrust into this world and he had no clue what was going on. And like, he's riding the back of her motorcycle, like that kind of thing. I like that. Like, it's every single thing that you usually read, it's kind of switched. And I think it's kind of like Beautiful Creatures in that way. I think that's why I like some of the books that, that we've read, like including Beautiful Creatures and like Shiver and stuff, where mm-hmm. there is a male perspective. It's different. Yeah. And they're, I like that. That's why. S- yeah. Yeah. They're more sensitive. Mm-hmm. That's why I liked Beautiful Creatures so much the first time I read it. Yeah. Ethan's very different. And I think I haven't read too many books. I don't think that follow like in the mind first person from a 16 year old boy. So I don't know what really to compare it to, but yeah, he's different. Like yeah. you, you see the emotional part and how he feels about Lena and like him kind of pulling back sometimes and him realizing the times he messes up. And that's just fun. Well, I think another thing that would be, which is more prevalent in fiction than it would be in real life anyway, is like, you know, a lot of times there's books or like movies or TV shows where, it is the the girl who who make does make the first move and the guy's hesitant and like there's rejection there and the girl's like okay cool I'm hurt but I'm gonna move on kind of thing she like accepts it and like okay I understand but there's not a lot of the guy accepting the rejection and being like okay it's cool it becomes very alpha yeah and like him not being able to take no for a no I feel like that should be something that should be included mm-hmm. more yeah and also because i mean it could even be one of the stories like they don't end up together it would be like all this shit happens and then at the towards the end it's like i'm gonna confess everything mm-hmm. and she's like meh and he's like okay i understand and moves on we kind of talked about that whenever we talked about friend zoning too yeah how like catching the hint and being okay with it yeah just i mean even in like real life situations we talked about how it can be kind of hard for them and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's people who are like, okay, cool, and move on there's and don't make it weird. People, there's a lot of people It's just we're not used to them in our yeah. addiction. And yeah. Stuff. Here's one for y'all. The man has the money. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would love if the woman has the money. That's I, so much fun. I, I like, but, <laughs> yes, that. But I do love a good rich man. It feels like for most of the books that the man's like the super rich mm-hmm. ceo i know that's what i was thinking i was about to say it's always this super rich ceo man and like the under underling woman who works in the company it always goes back to like the 50 shades of gray thing which i think is kind of what started this kind of revolution of sorts not even a revolution just yeah. this just thing seen in fiction and i mean it's always kind of like hey you're in a like place of authority this is kind of not okay but also it's fun to read <laughs> That's why I think I like watching. I like some of those. Like, there are some that are done well enough that mm-hmm. I really like those, which I'm thinking of one now that I cannot remember the name of the show. I also, I very much more like when the woman has the money and the man doesn't. Love that. And they just, like, have this average job or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Like, love that. Men <sighs> don't have to have, like, have to be the CEO. They don't have to, mm-hmm. you know. No. You don't have to have this super cool, expensive job to, like, <laughs> 
be lovable. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, kind of the same vein as like him having the money and the power and everything. Um, I read a lot of age gap and it's always the man who's like older, older. and more experienced and everything. And I mean, I haven't, I just haven't read anywhere. It's the woman or whatever. And the guy's a little bit younger. Cause I think that'd be such a fun dynamic. The only thing I can think of is the proposal. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Actually the one I'm writing right now, there is like a seven or eight year age gap and she's older and he's like in his last year of college. So it does kind of have that dynamic. Yeah. Cause I, it's one of those I'm flipping the stereotypes. It's just fun. Yeah. Like I just want the guys to be more fun, you know, a little bit more adventurous, but not like, oh, like he's not ready to settle down or whatever. And she is like, not that bullshit. Just oh, like he that. knows how to f- have fun. Yeah. I think that's fun. You just created a Mark character, didn't you? From Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The better version of Jessica. <laughs> no, um, I don't think I personally would want a big age gap where I'm older just because I feel I feel too mature anyway. I was about to say, that's how I feel. Okay, these are different uh, pet peeves about male character stereotypes. Stereotype one, men are incapable of speaking in long sentences. In <laughs> fact, it's okay if he only grunts as a reply. So they don't have like, they don't share a lot, they, which they, yeah. I think is true talk, for some. Yeah, as, <laughs> as, as it goes on, they don't talk about their emotions. Yeah. Or like they don't share how they're feeling. Yeah. Talk about emotions. Well, I can't say anything because that's every relationship I've ever been in. Yeah. I'm like, but I think it's just because I date introverts uh-huh. and i'm an extrovert so like they're not gonna be as open as i am about stuff but, like whenever you ask like me a woman about my day i'm gonna be like okay i got some stories for you yeah. but like these fictional men are like it was fun like what <laughs> i'm like i feel like no, that's sure. how most men in general are <laughs> no i mean i know guys that would like write you like long explanations Mm -hmm. of like what happened okay number two men are obsessed with their stomachs so they love to eat i think that could just be people in general i don't think that's geared towards men yeah (laughs) i do see it a lot in books it is seen a lot in books or tv shows even because the way to their heart is through their stomach (sighs) number three they're large and in charge in the bedroom we don't have to go too far into that one but but that's a thing i read a lot of that kind of stuff and i was kind of trying to say that mm-hmm. i think i did say it basically the yeah uh, this one is five male character stereotypes to avoid the womanizer i'm sick of that stereotype. Uh, whenever the womanizer finds the right one and he finally decides to settle down and i'm like and he changes his entire personality yeah yeah. yeah i was thinking about the yeah them changing their entire personality like even if they're not a womanizer just to go along with who they consider the yeah. one yeah i was thinking about it's that the grease effect yeah uh the brainy sidekick which we kind of talked about I think in a way. The tall, dark, and handsome and absurdly rich. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The jock. Yeah. They yes. love sports. They're always the broy ones who really love the sports. Love. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, why can't the lanky guy love the sports, too, and not, like, be made fun of for it? I don't know. The misunderstood bully. He has a troubled past. I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, me, too. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna laugh. As obviously seen with boys over flowers. Yes. I do like a good cinnamon roll. Yes. Love a cinnamon roll. And there's not a lot of where they're the main no. character. No, there's not. Mm-hmm. It's always, as as a stereotype there, the brainy sidekick mm-hmm. is the cinnamon roll. I, I kind of like the um, the one who's kind of seen as the villain who turns kind of into a cinnamon roll. 
cinnamon roll type Okay, character. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Where, like, he really does care. Kind of kind of the recent effect, but I'm thinking of some others, too, where I'm yeah. like, oh. Well, I'm thinking of, like, okay, so there's this one manhwa I read where the guy is, like, okay, so the girl is a singer, but she's, like, a failing singer. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy's, like, a huge fan of hers, and mm-hmm. he thinks he's met her before. And he's not sure, but, like, anything, he's got a huge crush on her and stuff, and he's, like, puppy dog. Like, every time she comes in, he's like, hi, how are you? Like, just, you know. You know something we watched when we were younger that doesn't fit the stereotypes? Kim Possible. Yeah. Ron? Yeah. We we know, like, nerdy boys. Love them. Love them. Love them. And I was trying to think of some others that, like, fit that stereotype. I mean, we got, like, Link from Beautiful Creatures, who I love for that reason. We're like, he he wants to be popular so bad, but it's not, it's just not going to happen. He wants the ladies, but, like, and that's why I love later on, and I know I've talked about it, so it's not even, like, a spoiler at this point, but, like, him and Ridley's dynamic is so much fun. They're complete opposites. Yeah. But it just works for me, and I kind of love it. Um, and even like from the Mortal Instrument, Simon is kind of the same type of character. I mean, he's got more going on. He turns into a f- vampire. Yeah, he's the nerdy boy who just loves the girl and everything, and then it doesn't work out. Like, and he's just trying to survive. About uh, the mafioso, I kind like of like gangster that leans into the alpha. The alpha, you think so? It, think so. A lot of the times, it falls into that too. Nah. Um, I'll kill anyone but her kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I'll kill anyone for her, too. All the ones I've read is like that. Well, I'm reading this one. I think I've talked about it before. The Midnight Popular. He's, like, been in a gang since he was a child. Mm-hmm. But he's not, like, the typical alpha male. And, like, anytime they get together, it's, like, the cutest shit ever. He's, I love like, that. Huge and lank, like, huge and buff. And, like, she's really short and chunky. And he's mm-hmm. just, like, anytime, like, she comes, like... By he's just like turns into a cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch that I love who kind of fall into that. Where like they're all big and bad sometimes, but then like whenever they're around the people they care about, mm-hmm. it's it's cute. He literally bought a house for her because they have to go into hiding, yeah. and he's like, "Love that. Let me go buy a house." Yeah. Or whenever they do that secretly, like earlier on, yeah. and she has no idea until the end, and like it's he doesn't even reveal it, but it's revealed to her, like, "Oh, he did this, 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 this for me." Like, "Oh, he's actually an absolute sweetie who loves me." Love that. Yeah. Give it to me. I think that about wraps that for today. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Let's Call It Nothing Pod, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>